You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. Welcome into the Whole Hog Football Podcast. Earlier this week, we talked about the Razorbacks offense. Today, we're going to go over the Razorbacks defensive side of the ball, where there's a lot of new faces this year, both player-wise and coaching-wise. And in particular, new coordinator in Travis Williams comes to Arkansas from the University of Central Florida, where he spent the last couple of years. Also, a new co-defensive coordinator, Marcus Woodson, who's working with the Razorbacks secondary. He spent last season at Florida State as a passing defense coordinator the Seminoles had the number four passing defense in the country the best passing defense in the ACC and you look at the players there's a lot of new faces on this defense it's kind of a it's a good mix of players that have come in from other places Uh, I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of freshmen that contribute in a big way to the defense at least not early on You've got some players who have, you know, obviously transferred in. And then you've got a lot of players who may have had a role last season and they've really changed their body this year. Maybe they were out last season like a Torian Carter. And so I don't know what to expect from the defense, Scotty, other than to say, I think the there is talent there. I don't know how much depth is there at some positions. And, you know, to me, it, it feels like a lot of years when you talk about Arkansas's defense, it's it's just a big question mark going into the year. Yeah, I think there is a a question mark with the defense, Um, but I do expect it to be better than it was last year. I think the talk, you know, throughout camp has been how deep Arkansas's defensive line is. And I mean, I think you would agree with this whenever we've gone out to practice, like Arkansas's defensive linemen look like they belong on an SEC roster. They look like monsters. Um, Yeah, I mean, they've got, I mean, they've got some guys like, Tank Booker um, from Maryland. I mean, he's he's six four and you know three twenty plus. Mm-hmm. And Kevi Rose, a kid from Louisiana Tech. I think he's a I think he's a solid player. He's gotten you know a lot of praise from from Sam Pittman this preseason. And then you know you go out to the the ends and Trey John Jeffcoat has been a guy that's gotten a lot of uh, he's been touted a lot. Um, you know, maybe he may be as of right now, like if I had to pick a defensive player up front who's a transfer that, you know, may make the biggest impact. I mean, it could be Trey John Jeffcoat. I mean, he was here in the spring and so he settled in pretty nicely and has, you know, kind of made his presence felt. And John Morgan was another guy from Pitt. You know, he's been around the block or two. I think he's had some pretty good success at his previous school at Pitt. So he kind of understands what, what winning is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's questions. Uh, I would agree with that. I think for me, the questions really aren't with the defensive line because you mix those, those newcomers or the transfers with, with like all the returning guys, you like them. Like it's Landon Jackson and, and Zach Williams and, you know, Jashad Stewart, who I think he's been banged up a little bit in camp, but you know that he can play. Um, and then Torian Carter's coming back. Cam Ball had a really good finish to last year. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential on the D-line. Um, maybe if there's a concern for me, it might be like safety depth. Because like right now, I think I would feel pretty comfortable throwing like three th- three guys out there maybe, like Hudson Clark, Al Walcott, Jaden Johnson. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think there's, there's, there's some questions there. Um, but I, I do expect this defense to be, 
improved. Like it's it's pretty tough to be worse than than last in, mm. in the FBS and pass defense, you know. Sam Pittman was speaking in I think Little Rock earlier this week at the touchdown club and he was talking about his pass defense. He was he was talking about Marcus Woodson. We mentioned that they had the number four passing defense in the country last year. He said they finished fourth nationally and we fit we finished national and you know it's, it's basically like yeah it was they a got great through line. it they got through it um i want to go back to defensive line because i think that's the the strength of the team and you know we were talking about the size of these guys uh there, there's so many guys who are known by their nickname on this team and i think that the fact that the defensive line has a guy named tank and a guy named tree tells you all you need to know about the size of these guys yeah no doubt like Trey John Jeffcoat after the scrimmage last Saturday, um, Sam Pittman was asked, I think he was asked about the, um, about the offensive tackles. Cause that's, you know, that's a big question mark for Arkansas yeah. on offense is the inexperienced tackles feel good about the interior, but you gotta have some guys that can block a bunch of like real life dudes, uh, on the other side of the ball in this league. And Sam Pittman called Jeffcoat um, a bad man. And so I asked, you know, kind of wrapping up the press conference, like, why do you, why are you calling that? Like, wh like, what have you seen to make you say that? And then he brought him up and showcased him. And Jeffcoat is a, he's a, he's a full grown man now. Like he's, I think his college career, if I'm not mistaken, I think I wrote this the other day, it started in 2018. So this guy's been around college ball a lot. Um, been in college weight programs for a long time. And then he got to work with Ben Souders this summer. Has a um, son. Yeah, has a son too. Um, he's it seems like he's as hungry as he's ever been. You know, I think he's really driven and motivated to, you know, have a big year. Um yeah, and and Tank, we talked to him uh Wednesday night, and you know, he's he's another guy that's got a lot of really good size and Joshua Braun, the offensive um offensive line transfer he plays guard you know he came from florida and you know we were asking josh about tree and, or about tank and you know power is kind of his thing but braun also said that you know don't let him fool you like he's the quickest guy that i've played you know at his size so i think there's a good combination of like power and speed at that tackle spot um but yeah any i think any i think nicknames are are a uh, pretty good indication, especially up front. Like if you got a tank and a tree like that, that that certainly helps a lot for sure. Or it makes you at least feel like those guys can can play, you know, because you don't. I don't yeah. feel like you you give out nicknames for for absolutely no reason. Yeah, it's kind of like a, there's there's this uh, lake. It's called Alligator Lake down in Florida, where my wife went to kayak one time. I said, you know, it got that name for a reason. Uh, th there's something in there. <laughs> it's yeah, so like, it's like rocket on on yeah. offense too. You know, it gets the ball in his hands and he's you know he can take off with it. Yeah, tank tank and tree. Those are just a couple of the uh, defensive linemen uh, to remember this year. It, it's the size, and and I'm real bad about making baseball analogies because I cover college baseball so much. But I'm going to make one here. I remember Andrew Benintendi's Golden Spikes year for Arkansas. Things changed for him when Dave Jorn went up and you know, basically said, here's what pitchers are doing to get you out. I make a living trying to figure out how to get good hitters out. And I see what they're doing to you. And I think the same thing kind of goes here for Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman has made a career of trying to figure out how to stop big defensive linemen, talented defensive linemen. And so he knows what a really good defensive lineman looks like. And that's, you know, aside from the fact that he played defensive line, 
in college, was an NAIA All-American at, at Pittsburgh State up in Kansas. And so I just think that there's something to knowing what a good defensive lineman looks like. And everybody says, well, if you know what it looks like, why didn't you just go get it earlier? Well, that's easier said than done. You know, there's only so many of, of these types of bodies that are out there. But I think the the hiring of Deke Adams last year or before last season has, has really started to pay off. This is a, a coach who has a big-time reputation as a defensive line coach. You look through his past. He's coached at a lot of big schools, coached some some great defensive linemen uh, in, his, in his coaching career. And Sam Pittman told me yesterday – he said that I challenged Deke Adams when he got here, kind of like Kirby Smart challenged me when I got to Georgia. He said, when I got to Georgia, Kirby said, you need to go change that room if we're going to be successful. And Pittman said he basically told Deke Adams the same thing. You need to go change that defensive line room. And it's taken a little while to get the bodies in there. They've got a new strength coach that they think has is, is made a big you know, difference with these defensive linemen. And now the room looks different. It looks totally different than what we've seen from a defensive line room under Pittman. We've seen in the past where there have been talented defensive linemen, big defensive linemen, and John Ridgeway comes to uh, mind. But I just don't remember a year, certainly not under Pittman, and, and really not in some time defensively, where you feel like you've probably got two waves at least of four defensive linemen that are going to be SEC caliber and are going to have success against an SEC-type offensive line. Yeah, I think Arkansas legitimately can roll out, you know, definitely too deep. And, you know, maybe in the the tackle spots, um, maybe you can go three deep. So, I mean, you may be looking at, you know, nine or ten guys that you feel comfortable rolling out there. And I don't know. And, I'm again, like I said on the last podcast, I've only been covering Arkansas football full-time since 2018, but Arkansas has never been able to do that. Um, and and throw guys out there maybe in that second wave that, you know, the next week might start for you and you feel comfortable doing that. Um, I think there's there's so much experience. There's so many older guys. I think that's something that has been talked about this preseason, but I think, you know, maybe not to the point where, you know, maybe we look down the line later this season and we're just talking about how much the experience, the playing experience and the maturity of the defensive line is going to, you know, make such a big difference. I think, I think it potentially could. I mean, Jeff Colts and Jeff Coates, an old guy, John Morgan's an old guy. Eric Gregory's been around here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Kiwi Rose has played ball. Torian Carter has played, you know, he didn't play last year, but um, he's still been around for a while. Tanks the same way. Landon Jackson came from another SEC program. You like what you saw from him at, at, at times last year. Uh, and Zach Williams, another guy that feel, you feel like has been around here for for forever, you know. And I think the the experience um, up front, I think, is is such a big deal because it's a trenches league. Like Sam says that all the time. Like it's a grown man's big man league. league. Yep. Yeah, it's a big man league. And you got some big dudes on the defensive line. I think, you know, Sam, obviously, longtime offensive line coach. And like you mentioned earlier, like he he's seen – you know, the defensive lineman that, you know, he knows what a defensive lineman looks like that can that can give you fits, like that can be game wrecker type guys. And I think he went out and got guys that, you know, have been around the block a time or two and then have, you know, all the physical attributes and are kind of egoless. I think that's the thing, too, because I don't think you can run eight, nine, ten guys out there um, 
and you know have a really strong room if you don't have you know if you have a bunch of egos i don't think that's the mm-hmm. i don't think that's the case at all and um all the guys that, that we've we've seen come through the interview room this year on the d line there's no egos there like it's just like this room's really good we kind of feed off of each other that kind of thing so i'm i'm really intrigued by the d line i think deke deke adams is like he's a long defensive holdover uh from from last year's staff and mm-hmm. um you know i don't i don't think if i think if he hadn't gone and changed his room the way that he did and then arkansas has another bad season up front i don't think he's i don't think he'd have been hanging around but but you know he went and made the necessary changes and i think d lines i think right now for me i think it would be the strength of the of the defensive side of the ball yeah i don't i don't think there's any doubt about that and adams when we're at practice and, and you're there more than i am but when i go to practice i typically kind of stand on on one side of the field and it's where the defensive line works quite a bit defensive line tight ends might be another group that comes through there uh, offensive linemen will, will come through there and, and do some drills but so I hear Deke Adams probably coach more than I hear any other coach and the attention to detail and the uh, just the demanding nature of his coaching really stands out to me it's um, I can't imagine that there are a whole lot of other position coaches on this team that are better at their craft than Deke Adams is. We, we talked the other day about Danny Nose being a really good quarterback coach. Uh, I think Deke Adams is that way uh, just in terms of being able to teach defensive line play. You know, Arkansas last year, they were one of the, the best teams nationally in getting after the quarterback. They set a school record for sacks in a single season. But a lot of that had to do with the pressure that they got from the linebacker position, uh, played more three-man fronts. This year it's going to be more of a four-man front. And so you're going to be expecting to get your pressure on the quarterback from the ends. We talked about Jeff Coat. Uh, we think that uh, you know he's got the potential. Landon Jackson's another one who I think is is going to be looked at this year as you know being able to get after the passer. We don't really get to see just a whole lot of of live action in the scrimmage that we see. You know, typically we we talk about these fastball starts. It's you know three to five plays, ones against ones, uh, and then that's pretty much it in terms of you know where you get to actually rush the quarterback. So we don't know what they're going to look like from a pass rush perspective, but just based on what you've heard, Scotty, maybe what you've seen, what do you think about Jackson and Jeff Coat as pass rushers? And is there somebody else that we're forgetting that that might flash as a, a pass rusher on the edge? Yeah, I think Jeff Coat and Landon Jackson are are two easy picks for me. Like, I think about, like Landon Jackson's got incredible size. Like he's six seven over two eighty now um stronger i think than than last year i would hope so if you gain all that all that weight in the off season i think those two guys are are maybe your headliners but if there's maybe a i don't even know if it's a sneaky pick but i think john morgan can be that guy too you know he's like i mentioned earlier he's got a lot of playing experience at pit and listening mm-hmm. to him talk the other night when he came through the interview room he he eats up you know practice tape and game film and that kind of thing to the point that, you know, Ethan wrote that he wants to be like a sportscaster after he's done playing ball yeah. um, just because he pays such, you know, great detail to to what he's watching on tape and feels like he can dissect it mm-hmm. to his benefit. Um, and I think, I think a guy that, you know, eats up that much film, he's going to, he's going to be able to watch film of the guy that he thinks he's going to go up against that week. And he's going to be able to pick out weaknesses and things to attack that kind of thing. And I think Morgan, he's another guy that's got 
pretty good size. So I wouldn't put it past him. I think those are probably your top three uh, pass rushers. I think Zach Williams, I think he's he would be he'd probably be my fourth guy if I had to to name another one. You know, he's just he's I don't want to say he's slender because that's not I don't think that's accurate, but I think he doesn't like have the great size like those other guys do, but I think he's mm-hmm. got like his quickness. He can use that to his advantage. And then, you know, Kiwi Rose, like at the tackle spot, he might be another guy. Um, I think he's got pretty good leverage from what we've heard and, you know, pretty quick, powerful, and just kind of a, a, a mix of uh, all the things that you like in a D tackle. And I think it was after the second scrimmage the other day, we were told that he had, um, Take it for take it with I guess a grain of salt if you want, but he had a sack on back to back plays. KB did, mm-hmm. um, so may have been against the second team if I'm remembering right. But um, you know I think he's got a he got a pretty good skill set there on the interior too. Rose had three sacks at Louisiana Tech over the last couple of seasons. You don't expect your defensive tackles to have a whole lot of sacks, but right. you know, sometimes yeah, he it's... could be maybe a TFL guy. You know, in the in the run game, that kind well, of thing. You know. And sometimes it's not about the sack, it's about the pressure and yeah, just getting that quarterback outside there, right. And and sometimes you know it's kinda like maybe the defensive tackles need a uh maybe they need maybe they need an assist. Yeah. I mean he could Stat. be a space eater. He could be a space eater for those linebackers to come down and crash in the yeah. line of scrimmage. You know, that would be I think that's you know, we we all all the time look at like the actual statistics and stuff instead of like the um kind of the hockey assist type play where he mm-hmm. took you know maybe he he commanded you know maybe two offensive linemen and opened up a gap for who paul mm-hmm. to come down and make a tackle i think i think him i think kiwi eric gregory torian carter tank those guys they can i think they can do that for sure yeah we didn't mention a whole lot about torian carter he was off to such a great start in the 2022 spring tore up his knee uh, spent all year getting it rehabbed uh, he thinks he's back and, and a better player than he was in the spring of 22 when we thought he was one of the best uh, players on the defense. We'll see how he does this year. Uh, that was uh, certainly somebody that Arkansas missed uh, last year during the 2022 season. The Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kendall King. Design, display, signage, kendallking.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-K-I-N-G.com. The Kendall King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services, through in-store signing and displays, and finally to social influence, we've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. Or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs! We talked a lot about Arkansas's defensive line. Let's get to the other positions on the field, Scotty. Uh, let's start with linebacker, where 
Chris Paul is, is really the leader of that room now that you've got bumper pool gone. You've got Drew Sanders gone. Uh, Paul is, is, is the guy at linebacker, but they've brought in some players. Uh, you know, they've got some other returners like Jordan Crook, who's probably going to play a pretty significant uh, role in this defense. What have you seen at that position? A lot of guys that I like the look of, if that makes sense. Like it's been a, a even before they got Jaheim Thomas in the room and brought in um, and another freshman signee came in during the summer. I think it was Alex Sanford that came in in the summer. I could be mistaken, but um, the room looks really good. I mean, it, it looks like a group to me that like if, you know, Pooh's been banged up this preseason and it's like one of those positions where it's just like, all right, Jaheim Thomas, you're up. And Jaheim Thomas is a guy coming from Cincinnati. You know, he was, he was the third leading tackler on the number 20 scoring defense in the country last year. Like he's a really good player, talented. Um, and Travis Williams was telling me the other day when I asked about Jaheim, he said, he's like very, very detailed, um, writes incredibly detailed notes and that, mm. that, the note taking that he's having to do because he's spent like his whole career to up until the summer with one defense. And then he's having to learn everything kind of on the fly. And then he got here. And I think Sam said that he was banged that Jaheim was banged up a little bit. Um, and so he kind of had to learn really quickly, but it seems like he's gotten up to speed. Another like the room is just really physically impressive, man. And I would be fine throwing Jordan Crook out there. Um, Brad Spence is a name that we've heard too. He's one of the three freshmen that they brought in really physically impressive. And I just, I, I know I keep saying that, but the room is full of guys that if you look at them, you're like, yeah, he looks like he could do it. And it's just, I think they've got the, the physical part of it is definitely there. And I think I'm comfortable for sure with Pooh, Crook, Jaheim Thomas, and Antonio Greer is a guy I haven't mentioned because he's been out a lot. Mm -hmm. this preseason maybe they're exercising a bunch of caution with him but he was in the spring I think he he made an impression on the guys that were coming back like Crook and Pooh just because he came in he's a older guy played a lot of college football but he came in and didn't try to step on any toes so like I was mentioning like the egoless defensive line group I think the linebackers kind of have kind of have that too um, really good looking group and I think you know, if the defensive line does their job, I think the linebackers are going to – I think they're going to have a, a, a big year. But you're, you're right. Like, Pooh is the guy. Um, had a slight MCL injury earlier this preseason. But Sam said that, you know, if they had a a game – I think he said that on August 12th. He said that if they, if they had a game, he could play. Mm -hmm. So he's finally back in the swing of things um, at practice. I think he's moving fine. But I'm pretty confident in that that linebacker group. And it's it's crazy to say that you know, after you lose a Drew Sanders in a bumper pool, but I'm pretty comfortable with the, with the leadership from, from Pooh and, and, you know, some of the older guys like Jaheim Thomas and, and Greer and, and even Jordan Crook, who's a sophomore. And he's said it himself that, you know, it's kind of weird for him being a sophomore and kind of being looked at as a leader, but um, he is like, he's just, mm -hmm. he, he is. Brad Spence is an, another freshman who the, the coaches have been pretty high on this preseason. Yeah, no doubt. And it's – I don't know how much he's going to, like – like you get into SEC play, I don't know how much you'll see him out there. Like I would definitely throw my my most trusted guys out there, and I think 
it's pretty clear there's a there's a, like a top four in that group but I think he could be a big time value for you early especially on on special teams you know I think that's a good spot for him to kind of hone in on like the the head hunting part of of the mm-hmm. linebacker spot um physical powerful can run um and Sam earlier in the in the preseason said that you know he's just a guy that he, he just he makes plays like every practice and I think you know you love hearing that from from freshmen instead of kind of being deer in the headlights um you know your first fall camp it seems like he's he transitioned pretty well Linebacker is one of those positions where durability always becomes, you know, something that you think about. And, you know, so, you know, you talk about, you don't know if you're, if you want to play him in SEC play, I think ideally you don't, you may not want to play him, but you know, I mean, the, the reality is that if you look over the last few years, whether it be what happened with bumper pool, you know, Grant Morgan struggled with a lot of injuries the year before that, it seems like, you know, there's always some durability questions with your linebackers to where you got to go down the line and you got to play some of the younger guys. That's, that's one of the reasons that that Chris Paul, I think was thrown into the fire so quickly last year. For sure. Yeah. I mean, linebackers, a it's a demanding position because you're running to the ball every play and maybe more so than any other position on defense. Like you've got to kind of make your, kind of make your presence felt, you know, Mm -hmm. at the second level, um, make make offensive players that you know maybe ball carriers or you know maybe a quarterback the split second after they let it go you got to let them know that you're there and that can take a toll on you for sure like bumper missed last season or late last season last last few games because he was having back and hip problems mm-hmm. just because he was around the ball so much but if you're a good linebacker you are around the ball a lot um you know i think they played probably four or five maybe four guys a lot of snaps at linebacker last year and you know if it's just so demanding that, you know, you've got to have somebody next in line. And I think it was a huge, huge deal that Pooh was as ready as he was to kind of take that moment and run with it last year as he was. Because, I mean, he's – I think he's your unquestioned leader at linebacker now. Um, and that doesn't come unless, you know – that doesn't come unless, you know, Bumper, you know, gets banged up. And um, I th- I'm looking for a big season out of Pooh. I just hope that that, that knee is – uh, can get back to to health for sure. Let's move to cornerback. Dwight McLaughlin is the only All SEC defender that Arkansas has, at least preseason wise. Uh, he came in on the first team coaches All Preseason team that was released earlier this week. Uh, had a good start to last season, a great start. I mean, uh, really hot start. I think he had three interceptions in the month of September wasn't as effective late in the year. Maybe some of that is that defense has figured out they shouldn't be targeting his side of the field so much. Uh, You know, you thought coming out of the spring that you had a pretty good one-two combination at corner with McLaughlin and with Quincy McAdoo. And then McAdoo has the car accident in the spring. Uh, They've been very tight-lipped about what exactly the nature of his injury is. It's, It's certainly something with, you know, the, the neck area, uh, maybe you know more severe than 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 we know. We don't know what his fu- future in football is. Although all of the indications are that <clears throat> he's recovering uh, pretty well, and so we don't think he's going to play this year. If he plays this year, I think that would be a a big surprise to me, and, and I know it would be to you too, Scotty. So with McLaughlin on one side, with that said, and knowing how good he is, what do you see on the other side from a cornerback perspective? And then, you know, I want to talk a little bit too about Nickelback because that's that's such a big uh, part of this defense. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the transfer portal has been pretty good to Arkansas. I think in their, you know, they've got, I remember when we talked to maybe it was Marcus Woodson and he was talking about the, you know, kind of the criteria that they had and going after, you know, transfer portal guys in general, but specifically on the defensive side of the ball where he coaches, you know, they wanted character guys, but they wanted high level guys with character to, you know, that really good combination. And they think they found it with Jaheim Singletary. He was a, a kid that went to Georgia, former five-star prospect out of high school. And it seems like he's come in. Um, I wrote about him. I think it was last week. Camp's been long. I, my, I can't get my time right, but I think it was last week. And it seems like he's kind of held down that that cornerback spot opposite of Nudie. And you've got a <laughs> you got a corner comes from LSU, and then you got another a guy on the other side of the field at corner who's coming from Georgia. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Like LSU and Georgia didn't recruit those guys for no reason. Like they're super talented. And Jaheim Singletary is just a young guy, but it seems like he's seems like he's come in and pretty much kind of taken that spot. And that I think the emergence of Jaheim at corner freed up Arkansas to move Snacks Johnson to that nickel spot because it's all about finding like your five best in the secondary. Snacks is one of your five best. I think Jaheim Singletary's one of your five best. Nudie's one of your five best. You got to find a way to get those three guys on the field. And I think they've got a pretty good fit right now with Nudie at one corner, Jaheim at the other, and then uh, Snacks at nickel. Um, and then I think it's just about, you know, locking down your safeties. Um, but I feel good about the cornerback spot. Like, and it's not like I think Arkansas is going to be better in pass defense. Like they've got to be, right? And be much but, worse. Yeah, it's true. But I feel like you've actually got some real ball hawks um, at corner, guys that can make plays. And, you know, they're going to give up passes. Like that's just the nature of, of the game. Um, but I don't think you're going to see guys that are like you only, like you see the, like you know their names because they're just, they're running after a, a mm -hmm. DB who burned them, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I think they, those two guys have got a, a chance to be, I don't want to say one of the best, you know, combos in the league, but I think, I think they can be, you know, really, really productive. And then just real quick, you touched on safety play earlier, but, but we think it's, you know, really there's three that have set their set, set themselves apart being Hudson Clark, Al Walcott and Jaden Johnson. Yeah. The last time that we watched the fastball start at practice, Jaden Johnson was at one safety spot. Al Walcott was at the other and I've been hearing that Jaden Johnson is having a great camp. And I think for a lot of people, that's really, really, that might be really good to hear. Because last year, I mean, I think Jaden even admitted it to to us when we talked to him last week. He didn't have a great year. Like, you can look at his PFF numbers. It, they were not great. Like, toward the bottom of the, of the team in, like, coverage grade and and that kind of thing. But – the other day he picked off a KJ Jefferson pass. I've seen him break up a bunch of passes from KJ and like the fastball start stuff. And even the, 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 the red zone drill that we see that puts, you know, receivers against defensive backs. He's had a pretty good camp. And then Al Walcott, I think he may be at the end of the year, look back and he's like maybe one of Arkansas's biggest portal hits, regardless of the side of the ball. And, you know, he missed a bunch of time in the spring, I think with the, with a knee, if I'm not mistaken, but he's like, they're talking about him. Like he's got like this special personality. We saw it when he came in the interview room, he's kind of bubbly, 
outgoing, really good personality, but he'll knock the hell out of you in practice. Like there's no doubt. And he's, I think they're excited about him knocking the hell out of somebody on another team. Like they're really looking forward to that. You look at his numbers at Baylor, they were great. Like I think he had like 10 tackles for loss last year. So that's a guy that's like seeking the ball, not afraid of contact. And uh, I think he's going to be a really big hit. Um, no pun intended at, at safety. I, I, I think I like Arkansas safeties, uh, especially, especially Walcott. Let's hit on special teams real quick. Uh, don't don't want to leave that out in, in talking about the team this year. The thought is that Cam Little, his range has extended. You know, probably you feel good about him really about from the 40 in. And, and what I mean by that is that once you get to the 40-yard line, you're going to have a 57, 58-yard kick. Based on what he's been doing in practice, you feel pretty good about that. Uh, he's going to handle the uh, place-kicking duties this year. Also going to handle the kickoff duties, most likely. It sounds like his leg strength has, has gotten a little bit better. Uh, punter, you're looking at a, a couple of punters right there right now. Max Fletcher is certainly the one you know that I think you look at as, as being the front runner because he had the experience last year. But Devin Bale also came in uh, from northern Colorado. And from all indications, it's still a battle between those two. Yeah, I'll be real honest. Like, I don't know that I can speak with my, with much authority about the special teams um, just because we don't see it a whole mm -hmm. lot, you know, when we go out to to practice. Like if we're inside watching, you know, drills and the fastball start and whatnot, like the more often than not, like the specialists are outside. And so we don't see them. Or if we're outside and we're watching, you know, the actual like action on the field, like they're either in indoors or on the on the turf field away from us. So we haven't mm -hmm. seen a whole lot, but we, we kind of just got to take the word of, of Sam and, you know, Scott Fountain. Um, but I think, I think Sam has spoken as confidently about cam as maybe anybody this camp, you know, maybe outside of KJ uh, mm -hmm. and rocket. Um, seems like every scrimmage he's hitting a 58 or 59 yarder. Don't know necessarily if you try that in a game, you might give him a shot. And if he if he hits it, maybe you give him a second one. Um, but I think he's, yeah, I think his range is extended. I think he's confident. I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder because he wasn't on the Blue Groza watch list. And he wants to be, you know, kind of in the in the conversation for that award. Um, punter, you know, I think after one of the scrimmages, Sam said that Max Fletcher punted the heck out of the ball. Mm -hmm. What you want. Like Arkansas hasn't had a great punting game in a, in a good minute. Um so I guess it's just kind of have one of those wait and see type things, but I think yep. my confidence for sure is 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 in Cam. Um, I think he wants to he wants to be a big weapon for the team. I think he's confident enough to do it. Yeah, I think special teams when when you get outside of the kicking positions, uh, and I'm talking about your coverage units, your protection units, outside of the skill guys. So you know, like Isaiah Satania, for instance, will be one of their kickoff return men. Uh, but but I'm talking about, you know, kind of everything else. I think it's a, a real reflection of how you recruit because if you can stay healthy, the players, you know, you don't want your frontline guys playing on special teams a whole lot. And so if you can stay healthy, uh, you know, you're, you're you're looking at kind of your backups that are they're playing on special teams quite a bit. And I'm talking about your backups on defense, offense, and, and, and whatever. Arkansas, I think they – keep looking a little bit better every year in special teams. And it's a reflection of maybe their recruiting is getting a little bit better this year over the year before. We'll see how that looks this year. Uh, Isaiah Satania had a hundred yard kickoff on the uh, opening kickoff of the last scrimmage. A little side note there, that kick went out of bounds. It was by Cam Little. 
and the way they do those kickoffs is that they just throw the ball to the returner from the sideline and everybody just continues to run full speed. Like, you know, they're not watching the ball. They're just focused on the return man, the blocks, whatever the case might be. And uh, Satani had a big kickoff return. We saw him do that a couple of times at Fayetteville High School in, in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, so we think he might be the kickoff return guy, but, you know, others, A.J. Green, you know, some other burners that they've got on the team, uh, they might certainly impact that too. Next week, we'll be back with another Whole Hog Football podcast. We look forward to Arkansas and Western Carolina. Until then, hope you'll join us at wholehogsports.com. For Scotty Bordelon, I'm Matt Jones. Have a great weekend, everyone. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.